Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to The Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Seth Rogovoy. Seth is the author of The Essential Klezmer, a music lover's guide to Jewish roots and soul music, the all-time best-selling guide to the vibrant genre of contemporary music with roots in old-world Yiddish wedding music. It's widely recognized as a leading authority on klezmer and Jewish music. He's lectured and taught classes and workshops about the music, its history, social context, and the culture surrounding it across the U.S. and in England. Seth continues to write about klezmer and new Yiddish music for a variety of publications, including The Forward and Pockentrager. He is the artistic director of the Yiddish Book Center's annual Yiddishstock, the Festival of New Yiddish Music. Welcome, Seth, or welcome back, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be back. Great. I know the last time we, we spoke, it was about uh, your book on Bob Dylan, which was a very informative and wonderful chat. So I'm looking forward to talking to you today about uh, all things Yidstock-related. Terrific. So um, once again, hats off. You put together quite an interesting and, I would say, surprising mix for this year's lineup. Uh, can we start with the surprising, which in my book is A Night at the Marketplace? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, you know, every year I'm faced with, okay, uh, we know what, what's worked, we know uh, what people are enthusiastic about, but how can we make it just a little bit different? How can we um, showcase something uh, innovative? How can we challenge our audience perhaps a little bit? And, um, you know, I've known about Frank London's program, A Night in the Old Marketplace, for a number of years. I actually saw an early version of it uh, being staged at Mass Mocha in North Adams. And um, although it's, uh, it's challenging to some extent or it's different, it's also incredibly beautiful and entertaining. I just saw a new, the current version of it last month in New York City. And uh, and it's the the cast is so talented. It's it's hard to describe what it is, um, even though it's very simple. It's just uh, an entertainment. It's a uh, concert. It's a sung through opera in a sense, or Broadway musical um, with narration, with theatrical elements. Somewhat, it has a story to it. The uh, the, the story is told through the narration, through the songs. These are all original songs that were composed by Frank London and written by Glenn Berger. Um, and this is the, the Broadway connection. Glenn Berger actually wrote the songs to Spider-Man the Musical, as well as other... Uh, so, so, so we have some Broadway yichas here. We have, obviously, uh, a strong Yiddish connection because A Night in the Old Marketplace is based on Yudlamid Peretz's original play, A Night in the Old Marketplace. Let's, yeah, for, for our listeners who aren't familiar with it, can you just speak a little bit about the original play, the Denial Peretz play? Yes, okay. sure. Well, um, you know, Peretz is best known for his short stories, um, like Bunch of Schweig, Bunch of the Silent, and uh, If Not Higher. But he also wrote some plays, and, and in his plays... He was way ahead of his time. He was actually a modernist uh, in the technical sense of the term. 
So he wrote this play, A Night in the Old Marketplace, which is exactly that. It takes place over the course of a night in the old marketplace. And it draws on all kinds of, um, I, I guess, superstitions or magical realism in a way, way ahead of his time. I mean, this goes back to the early, very early 20th century. And um, yet it's really taken until today that that it it has been able to be staged. Uh, one of the problems with his play back then is that uh, it was unstageable because it had a, a cast of characters of a, or of about fifty or sixty people. It had a stage set uh, of four or five different sets. Um, you know, it was really while, while it was brilliant on the page and while the both the intellectual and entertainment content of it were um, impeccable, you know, technically it just couldn't be done. Um, and it, we had to get to the era of multimedia, really, um, to be able to, to be true to the roots of it and to, to present it in a way that, um, that was both true to the spirit but also speaks to contemporary audiences. And this was the challenge that Frank London, Glenn Berger, and Alexandra Aaron, the director, took on when they created this new version of A Night in the Old Marketplace. So, again, let me talk to sort of how you curate the festival, which is a four-day festival for those hard to imagine who have never heard of Yitzhak, but <laughs> uh, it also includes talks and workshops, and it's great. In addition to having a night at the marketplace on stage on Saturday night, it's our evening concert, you've also arranged for uh, Deborah Kaplan, who is a professor of Yiddish theater, also um, somebody who is an alumna of one of our programs, to be here to deliver a lecture, which will help to contextualize this, and is that safe to say? Absolutely. That that's a, that's specifically why um, I wanted to get Deborah. Uh, she had actually written an article for Pock and Traeger uh, a year or two back when we did a special IL Parrots edition of the magazine, and um, she'd written an article specifically on a night in the old marketplace mm -hmm. and the challenges. So uh, she obviously has thought a lot and studied and and knows all the history um, of it. So. What better way to um, exactly, that's the word, contextualize what uh, Frank and Alex and Glenn have done um, than to have Deborah speak about it beforehand um, to orient the audience simply to enhance their appreciation. That doesn't mean that you have to, I mean, like I say, uh, when I saw it a month ago, you, you're just dazzled by, by the beauty of the songs and the text and the images. It's got a whole multimedia thing going on with animations and 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 video um the whole time um so it stands on its own just as a beautiful theatrical piece but certainly to enhance your understanding and appreciation of it uh Deb deborah's going to provide that and and that's what we we try to do throughout the festival with other lectures and talks and workshops so that was a surprising now the interesting um, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the mix of concerts, because every year it changes. Um, yep. And how did you come to this mix, and who's on the bill? Okay. That's easy, um, although it's always a challenge. Um, 
you know, I have, I guess I have a master list of all the people who eventually I want to play Yidstock and, and, and it's a, a, a big puzzle each year to, to fit the, the pieces in. Once, once you choose one thing, you know, it, it affects another, another element. But, you know, two of the people who, um, are the most important, two of the most important, uh, people in new Yiddish music, in, in, in modern klezmer and the klezmer revival and the Renaissance, and, um, who we haven't yet had at Yidstock. We performed at the Yiddish Book Center before, but, but not as part of Yidstock, uh, who are on my list, were, were clarinetist and mandolin, mandolin player Andy Stamen and fiddler Alicia Spiegels, um, both of whom who represent uh, something really unique in Klezmer, which I'm, I'm happy to go into uh, if you'd like me to. Um, well, one of the things I was wondering about, and, we, and this sort of segues into that, is you mentioned Andy Statman, and I um, had the pleasure of doing a podcast interview with him the other day and was really struck by this amazing backstory he has about his relationship, I think it's safe to call it that, um, and mentoring with Dave Terrace. And I wonder if that speaks more broadly to the way that Jewish Yiddish music is transmitted from one generation to another. And is this through musician to musician? Um, and in which case, how does that play out both in terms of your selection of some of these bands and some of the cross-pollination and energy that's backstage over the course of four days? That was a lot of questions. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a lot there, and I'll try to uh, unpeel the onion. Um, so, Andy Statman really is the uh, one of the models of how the klezmer revival worked. I mean, he's one of the original klezmer revivalists, going back to the mid to uh, the early to mid nineteen seventies, and and yes, at at a time when the when people were just starting to rediscover some old recordings that had, you know, basically been put in closets and 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 had been forgotten, um, and he was one of the people who, st- you know, who found a, a treasure trove of old 78s and started listening to them, and and he, uh, in particular, playing the clarinet, he was intrigued by by this uh, early 20th century recording artist Dave Tarras. Um, who was a uh, immigrant era band leader and and one of the great uh, legendary klezmer clarinetists of all time? And he discovered he was still alive. He 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 looked him up. He like knocked on it, went to his house, knocked knocked on his door, and said, you know, teach me, teach me, and uh, basically apprenticed himself. And you know, this goes back to the way the music was always passed down from. Um, Musician to musician, informally, it's not like you went to the University of Klezmer or the Conservatory of Klezmer, certainly not back in the 19th century and certainly not uh, for the first half of the 20th century, basically. You just, musicians just learned it from, uh, you know, passing it along, like like any folk music, um, which which in some sense Klezmer is. Um, And he, you know, fortunately was able to, to learn it from the guy from the guy who you know set down the the sound and the patterns and the techniques um, directly um, and uh, and you know not everybody was able to do that but 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 several of the revivalists 
found their mentors, these immigrant era or, you know, early 20th century people to, to learn it directly from other people, you know, studied the recordings. Andy obviously did both. You know, and how this plays out now um, at Yibstock is that we have several different generations of, of musicians, people like Andy, who, who learned it directly from, from the old school, um, people um, who, who, did, who studied it from the recordings and, and who also were very influential in the revival, people like Hankus Netsky, people like Frank London, you know, both of them co-founders of the uh, Klezmer Conservatory Band, um, studying together at, at the uh, what, what is now the closest thing to a Klezmer Conservatory, which is the New England, New England Conservatory, where where Hankus teaches, and so many people have gone through his program, um, and uh, down to a whole new generation, which I guess, in a sense, the um, Ezekiel's Wheels Klezmer ensemble uh klezmer band uh, represents they're playing on the, the sunday noon concert and some of these people studied at the conservatory with hank isnetsky and and uh so so that's uh that's kind of how how it, it all kind of fits together yeah it's interesting that there's that that thread there um so also i wondered if you can talk a little bit about the lineup of talks uh, you know the concerts are amazing um and in and of themselves there are enough reason to come for four days but the talks which we started out with you know a few over the course of the four days have really evolved can you give a little preview of sort of that evolution and that thinking and a preview of a few of the talks from 217 that people can look forward to sure sure well you know we um we always wanted there to be a uh, intellectual element, if, 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 if I can use that word, to um, to what was going on here, and I think you know we had one or two talks in the early years, and then you know then we realized that we had such a valuable uh, collection of people that, and including many of the musicians themselves, who are also scholars and and you know some more maybe academically oriented, some more technically oriented. So uh, let's take advantage in as much as we can, um, and also, uh, you know, testing it, testing the waters to see if our audience is interested. And absolutely, every talk um, sells out. Um, so, uh, um, so we we started doing that, and we just uh, every year try to expand it a little bit, or, or just find, you know, some of the the greatest the greatest hits talks that people keep coming back to, or new people get to hear because. They work every year, and then uh, more specific um, uh, presentations that, that either speak to the program or that uh, showcase some of our uh, participants in, in new light. And, and so I can take you through this year's schedule to, to give you examples of all those. Starting out on Thursday at 2, when I, when I start out the, the entire festival, when I give my basic overview of the entire history of Klezmer from the old world up until the weekend of Yidstock called the Essential Klezmer based on my book and, and with specific reference to what's going on at the festival. So I do that every year, and um, that will be followed by Hankus Netsky. Um, again, uh, so here's Hankus is, is always, he's a scholar who is always 
uh, doing new research and sharing the fruits of, of where he's at. So um, this year he's doing a talk on the music of the Hasidim, because a lot of the Yiddish and Klezmer music that we listen to has its roots in the Hasidic music, because the Hasidic movement of the uh, 18th century and, and 19th century very much was a uh, neo-spiritual movement that celebrated uh, um, the uh, spiritual connection through music itself. So the Hasidic melodies are really the DNA of Klezmer, and, you know, Hankus will, uh, will give demonstrations of that and show that um, in his inimitable way. Um, looking, uh, another way to showcase some of the talent, so uh, our opening concert on Thursday night is, of course, Eleanor Risa and Frank London's Klezmer Brass All-Stars, who, um, who we've had before, and we're, we're celebrating them again. They have a new album that they've recorded. Um, but Eleanor, you know, she, she does everything. She's a vocalist. She's an actress. She's also a playwright. And she has um, a whole new collection of her works called The Last Survivor. Um, and, and her plays, which are in English, but uh, deal with very much with uh, Yiddish context and content. Um, so she is going to be doing both a dramatic reading and a discussion from her works on, on Friday, um, which, uh, you know, to put the showcase on her and her works and offer something new and different. So I guess we have a little theater theme going on here at Yitzhak with Eleanor and then on Saturday as we previously spoke about with the uh, Night at the Old Marketplace preceded by the lecture um, by Deborah Kaplan. And then, you know, uh, another example of this is, so we're going to have this uh, concert by Alicia Fiddler, Alicia Spiegels on Sunday. And, you know, Alicia basically set down the template and the rules for modern klezmer fiddle playing. She she was the first revivalist on on fiddle to really uh, to establish how how it's supposed to sound, and and everybody has learned from her either firsthand at klez camp and in private lessons or through her recordings. But what's going to happen is after she does her concert, she's going to run to the uh, to the lecture hall and she's going to do a lecture demonstration to really break down just what it is she does on the violin to demonstrate how she makes that sound, those achy, bent, cut-off notes, the laughing and the crying quality on the instrument, what makes it Yiddish, what makes it Jewish. She'll, she'll show how she was able to create that and how she achieves that, um, you know, for, for a general audience as well as for anybody who's actually interested in uh, trying trying it themselves. Wow. And there, I know that there are more talks, and there's dance workshops uh, and a klezmer band uh, workshop where you learn to play a klezmer or play klezmer. Uh, you bring an instrument. That's right? Absolutely. You know, we, yeah. every year we have a very popular Yiddish dance workshops and and uh, led by Steve Weintraub, the world's uh, leading, the world's preeminent uh, teacher of Yiddish folk dance. So so people work on that with Steve, have a great time enjoying that, and then they're able to apply what they've learned at the concerts uh, when there's dance music um, 
you know, Steve's there to uh, encourage and foster people to get up and whether or not they've been in the workshops to get up and dance and, and if they have been to uh, apply what they've just learned. Um, Brian Bender every year leads, leads a uh, um, instrumental workshop where, where he just gets you, you just come in, if you know an instrument, bring your instrument, and, and by the end of the, the two hours or so, you're playing a klezmer tune, and, and that's the magic that, that Brian knows how to do that get people up to do that um so so yeah so and uh, and every sunday morning uh, every year on the sunday morning we have asia shulman and brian bender working together to teach people to sing yiddish songs which is always a very popular thing so you know there's a real hands-on element to this too it's not just sitting back and uh and enjoying with nothing wrong with that but you know we give you a chance to to do hands-on dancing, playing, singing, uh, learning. What else is there? It's it's a it's a whole big uh, um, immersion in Yiddish music and culture over the course of the four-day festival. So the four-day festival Yidstock 2017 takes place at the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. All the performances are live, and uh, for, again, for those who've not been here before, it's indoors, air-conditioned, lovely, enjoy yourself. And the dates are July 13th through 16th. We have a very limited number of concert passes left, and um, concert you can purchase also concert tickets to individual concerts and to the talks at yiddishbookcenter.org backslash yidstock. Um, so, Seth, get some sleep, because we know what it's like for four days. <laughs> <laughs> you too. You too. All right. Nobody works harder than you, that's for sure. And I look forward to being in the, in the back of the performance hall with you. It's really magical when they take to the stage and it all comes together. So thanks it's for so all you fun. do. Um, really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right. See you right. soon. Take care. Bye. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thanks. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit our website, yiddishbookcenter.org. This episode is produced by me, Alexa Sewing. And until next time, be well and be healthy.